Okay, so there's no more trades. So what do we talk about for the next two hours? How about these headlines? Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have now lost five games in a row. We're going to get to that here in a couple of moments. Stamco scratched on Saturday. Kucherov point as well. Not scratched, rather, but benched um, by John Cooper, head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, looking for a bounce back the next game. Not so much. They get pounded 6-0 by Carolina. Can have some Stamco's comments here about all of that in a couple of moments. Um, Timo Meyer, We were waiting, waiting, waiting. We got the debut. And he scored. The New Jersey Devils uh, defeat the Arizona Coyotes in overtime. But again, we talked about this last week. Andre Tournier and the Arizona Coyotes. As everything gets torn down around them, this team continues to play hard for their coach. Uh, Case in point yesterday. They battled back after being down to the New Jersey Devils. Send this thing into overtime. Nico Heischer with the heroics. Uh, we're probably going to have to park a lot of time this week talking about the Philadelphia Flyers. Despite the fact that they won last night against the Detroit Red Wings, um, the hue and cry is all about Chuck Fletcher and the trade deadline. We'll get into that here in a couple of moments. Calgary Flames, man, that was a tough effort on Saturday, wasn't it? They lose 3-0 to the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota now, by the way, on a nine-game point streak and a four-game winning streak, a strong second in the Central right now. Um, Daryl Sutter taking aim at the top players on the team. Uh, that to him is the reason why they lost on Saturday. Jacob Trickren, goal and an assist in his home debut. It's a feel-good story of the weekend in a lot of ways. His grandfather was the star of the show as well. Uh, the Hockey Night in Canada interview with Trickren was great. The Kyle Bukowskis interview was as well. Um, and no one's laughing now like they were a couple of weeks ago when Pierre Dorian said... I'm not sure if we're going to be buyers or sellers. The Ottawa Senators are a just flat-out fun story to watch once again. Can they do it? Can the Buffalo Sabres do it? Can they sneak their way into the playoffs here? They've got 20 games to make up three or four points, depending on where you think they're going to end up in the wild card if they get there. And the question is, can they do it? Great start for Chikrin. Brady Kachuk continues to be excellent. Ditto, Tim Stutzla. Uh, Ivan Barbashev with a pair. Jonathan Quick with the win. Vegas beats Montreal 4-3. And the Vegas Golden Knights are back in first place in the West. In the meantime, I mentioned that Detroit game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And something really rare occurred. Uh, we had an Iserman sighting and an Iserman interview. And I want to play a couple of clips. You know, Detroit was pretty frisky getting rid of players at trade deadline, most notably Tyler Bertuzzi, who ends up going to the Boston Bruins. Um, there was one trade we thought was going to happen, but Detroit couldn't make the secondary move, so James Van Riemsdyk did not become a member of the Detroit Red Wings. But here's Steve Eiserman, who really does a lot of his business secretly, thank you very much. The new Lou is uh, what he's called around around some quarters. Here's Steve Eiserman in, con- in conversation yesterday with Mickey Redmond. Enjoy this. I don't want to put too much emphasis on those two games. Right. I didn't make the decisions, or, uh, the moves we made right. based on the two games. But those were indicative of how far we've got to go. Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, Ottawa is a team similar to us. They're rebuilding. They've got a lot of young guys in their lineup. They've drafted a lot. They, they in particular, have drafted very well. Yep. But I just, like, you watch those two games. We're 
fighting for a playoff spot and still theoretically we are still fighting right. for a playoff right. spot um, but uh, a lot of the parts a lot of things in those games for me it just was I'm watching like our special teams aren't good enough uh, our, our defensive play as a, as a team we're not there yet we're not deep enough so um, you know we got to make decisions at the trade deadline for that are going to affect that you know potentially for free agency Tyler Bertuzzi being a potential free agent do we do we uh, run the risk of losing them for you know uh, right. a playoff you know uh, the rest of this season, which which uh, you know if I uh, you know ultimately we weren't going to get a contract done, and that's why that move was made now. Right. Um, so anyway, um, you know it just we'll watch our team go where we're at, what we need to do, and where we need to get to. Uh, I, I believe these moves, you know, assuming now we got to make wise choices with these draft picks. They're right. all great, love having them. We all love having them, but you got to turn them into players, and that does take time. You know, it's interesting. That was Steve Eisman, general manager of the Detroit Red Wings, talking about not to put too much stock into those two games against the Ottawa Senators last week and then continues to put plenty of stock into those two games against the Ottawa Senators uh, where they lost back-to-back, and he made subsequent moves. Heronics off to the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Oscar Sundqvist uh, gets moved as well. Uh, Jacob Verana, we mentioned Tyler Bertuzzi. So this was kind of a sell-off here by the uh, by the Detroit Red Wings. I think there were a couple of players that everybody wanted about as well, even though he has termed, some would wonder of would have wondered about David Perron, uh, who's always popular around trade deadline time for teams that are looking for a long run. Anyhow, wanted to make sure that we got that in because we so seldom uh, hear from Steve Eiserman. So when we do, we'll get it out there to you. Detroit still saying they have uh, a long way to go, and if you looked at those games against the Ottawa Senators, uh, you're right. And if you look again at the game against the Philadelphia Flyers as well. Correct again. Uh, coming up on today's program, Elliot Friedman on the other side. Ed and Cena from the Tampa Bay Times will stop by. We'll talk uh, about Tampa's woeful weekend, really woeful five games. Uh, David Amber from the NHL on Sportsnet. It is Rogers Monday Night Hockey and a pair of games for this one, most notably the San Jose Sharks and the Winnipeg Jets. That one. On Sportsnet, the Edmonton this Oilers. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Buffalo Radio Sabres. Network. Right, we'll jump right in, I suppose. Um, welcome to the program, Ed Encina, David Amber, Allison Lucan, Kraken Studio Analyst coming up here in a couple of moments. Uh, but joining me now from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts, he is Elliot Friedman. Friedge, how are you? Do we have Elliot? You there? There we go. We got you on board. How you doing today, Friedge? A little bit of a... Tech snafu to kick off the program, but nonetheless, we'll soldier through. How you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm good. Now, here is the question. Do you think I can do this yes. coherent, coherently whilst buying mirrors? You're buying mirrors? Like you don't love yourself enough? You need more mirrors in your home so you can look at yourself more? Well, I, I think I saw like one or two walls uncovered, so we have to put a stop to that uh, <laughs> so I can do this more. Right. No, we, we're putting up some more mirrors in our house, so I had to go buy them. But like the trade deadline's over. I have to actually do things yeah. I'm supposed to do now. I can't, like, I can't cover up anymore. Well, Steph, I'm working on this thing. She goes, no, you're not. <laughs> you got nothing happening. <laughs> go back to doing your human you responsibilities. Actually- 
You can, uh, you actually have, uh, yeah, human responsibilities and obligations. Uh, garbage day is Wednesday. Here's the grocery list. Here's the Canadian tire list. Here's the uh, the windows list or the mirrors list, rather, in your case. Uh, for yeah. Stuff. So, well done. We'll see if we can soldier through this one while you buy some windows for your, for your very <laughs> tastefully decorated home. Um, yeah. Listen, before you came on, I played a, a clip from Steve Eiserman in conversation with Mickey Redmond on the weekend. And yep. you know, he talked about not putting too much stock in those two games against the Ottawa Senators, but then kind of went on and talked about what those two games against the Ottawa Senators um, revealed about the Detroit Red Wings and whether it's Bertuzzi or Sunquist or Varan or Philip Peronik. Um, Eiserman made his moves. Um, just a, a quick thought on... Like, Detroit technically still isn't out of it, and Eisman mentioned that, but that was them throwing in the towel. Um, how yep. close, how far do you think the Detroit Red Wings are in that conversation, by the way, that includes two teams chasing a wildcard spot, and we'll get to at least one of them in a second, and that is Ottawa and Buffalo, because we've kind of grouped Detroit in that in that mix with those teams. I went back and I rewatched uh, Eisman's uh, media availability after the deadline was over, and I thought he was really good. I thought he was... Uh, you know, he's not always very forthright about what he thinks and what he's planning, but he likes to play his cards close to the vest. But I thought in this particular case, it, it was different. I thought that he was, uh, I thought he was very blunt and he was very honest. And I really, uh, I really liked it. And, you know, I, I think the thing he made very clear, Jeff, is that he really feels that they're not close to those teams. Or I shouldn't say not close but they're a stage below those teams for now. And uh, I think this year has proved it. Like Buffalo has made the jump and, and, and Ottawa is making the jump and the Chikrin deal looks like it's, it's pushing them even uh, further into the horizon. And I think the other thing too is I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Philly, Jeff, has looked at what Ottawa and Buffalo are doing this year and the fact Detroit was in it for a little bit and saying, we're just not in this league. So I don't think Detroit's the only yeah. team that's looked at these two clubs and said, we're not close. I, I, I think others have done it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that would surprise anybody. Okay, I wanted to play this clip for you because I want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's been yeah. a tough five-game stretch. Saturday was tough against the Sabres and the sit-down of Sam Coson Point and Kucherov. And then they just get waxed the next day against the Carolina Hurricane. And Kotkin Yemi puts up a nickel and Tara Vinen's got a hat trick. And they get outshot 38-14. to Here's... um. Here's a clip of Steven Stamkos talking about this idea of Tampa flipping the switch and instant reaction after a benching. Have a listen to Stamkos. The coach and, and your players are, are looking for a response to yesterday, too. And in that sense, it's, it's a, a little bit of a skid, but it's also the last 24 hours. I think people are probably hoping for a better reaction. Well, I mean, I think you're delusional to think, not you, but in general to think that something like that is just going to click. I mean, it's got to be a team effort. It's got to be our, our collective group. I mean, um, if that was the answer every time, you know, when, when you're in a skid, I think every team would do that, right? I mean, it's just, it's not something that, um, you know, something like that happens. It's not just going to flip the switch and we're going to go on a 10-game winning streak. It's, this is, we've been in a skid for a while now, um, and we've got to work ourselves out of it as, as players. And as coaches, we got to work collectively as, as a group to uh, to play better and and um, to get results. Well, all right. So all, uh, let me that's Stamkos' rage. 
Let me just say first, I think the clip would have been funnier if Stamkos wouldn't have corrected himself and said, I actually think you are delusional. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I think this. I, I think that um, nothing surprises uh, me about what he said. Um, I, I like the bluntness of it. I, I really do. I, I like that a lot. Um, uh, nothing surprises me with what he said. And, you know, I, I think whenever you have a bad game or something wild happens with one of your teams, I always kind of look at it and say, okay, what happens in the game after? And they had a unique game on Saturday where he benched three of his best players, and the next day they got absolutely smoked. And to me, that was, you know, that was, that was really interesting in the sense that you wouldn't – I totally understand the reporter's question – because that's kind of the angle that I would have thought of too. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I look at it this way, and we said it today, how many times last year were the lightning written off? Like, I, I know one, like, I, I, oh, yeah. I tell you this all the time. I know a guy who always says they're done. This is Toronto's year. They're going to beat them. And then Tampa gets within two wins of winning the Stanley Cup. I just think we have to be really careful here about writing the obituary of this Tampa Bay Lightning group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't disagree. Uh, I know they've lost five in a row. I know this weekend was awful for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I'll tell you, Elliot, only one thing concerns me, and that is the Victor Hedman status. Yes, that, you're, the you're totally Hedman right. Situation. That's... That's the only, like, I don't, okay, five-game losing streak for Tampa. Okay, it's March 6th. I'd rather, if I'm a Tampa fan, I'd rather they do this now than in late April. Uh, I'm fine with this. I have about zero concerns about the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I am concerned about Victor Hedman, who outside of Andre Vasilevsky might be, you know, might be that one player that you just cannot afford to lose. So for the Bolts, Fridge, the only, only thing that concerns me is Hedman's situation. That's it. That's it. Uh, I, think, I think you're totally right. I, I can't argue with that. And I would combine that with no matter what Julian Brisebois says public, publicly, I think he's worried he's a defenseman short. Hmm. Do you – well, first of all, they – Kind of blew out a lot of draft picks to bring in Tanner's. You know how active yeah. do you think Breezeball was trying to bring in a, a, a another defenseman? How could I think he was trying. Given up? Yeah, I, I think he was trying. Like you know, we talked about it. I, I think they had interest in Gudis. I think they had interest in in Edmondson. Um, you know, as as you heard Ken Hughes say, they were not trading Edmondson unless it was worth it. I just don't think Tampa could yeah. make it worth it. Uh, and and to be honest, if if, if Florida's going to trade Gudis anywhere, they're really going to make it worthwhile if they're going to trade him to Tampa. I, I agree with you. I think they ran out yeah. of like at a, at a certain point, you just don't have the assets to make the big trade. And, you know, they paid for Janot, and I think that was a really smart um, uh, move. But they just didn't have the assets after that to get another defenseman. And I absolutely think, like I said, despite what Breezeball says publicly, I think they, they believe they might be a little bit thin on the blue line. 
All right. Uh, speaking of blue line, Jacob Chikrin, the goal, the assist, the home debut. There's a couple of things with Ottawa. One, that was a wonderful game and a great night for uh, for the Chikrin family. Uh, yeah. His granddad stole the show. Uh, it was uh, that was great. Um, you know, no one's snickering when we think back to Pierre Dorian wondering if they were going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline uh, because they're in this thing. And they've got 20 games, Elliot, and they got to make up three or four points depending on where you think their target is to get yep. into the wild card here. There's a couple of things. There's the, the story on the ice, and then there's the story of the sale off the ice. Now, the bidding process begins. I don't know 100% whether... The first part of the bidding process are non-binding bids I be, or binding I believe, bids. That I believe, might be the it's, I believe it's non-binding. I believe the beginning is non-binding. Okay. So the the beginning is non-binding, but it, it it is a process to to see who's serious and 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 who can play at the uh, at the uh, at the grown-up table. Big here. boy table. Um, yeah. You have a thought on the have a have a thought on the ice and and off the ice about the Senators right now. Well, on the ice, I mean, it's all good, right? I mean, how can you? They, they had an unbelievable week. They, they destroy it. Like, like you know, you want to see a young team. We talk about it. Does a young team have killer instinct? Does a young team say, you know, we're, we're, we've arrived and we're going to show you we've arrived? And look at what they did last week. They, they, not, they knocked Detroit out of the race. And they didn't just, they weren't even close games. They dominated them. No, in terms of skill and physical, they dominated them. And then they go into, they they make the trade, they go into New York, Patrick Kane's debut as a Ranger, (laughs) not ideal conditions for Chikrin to play under, considering his travel, and they beat them. And it wasn't one of those, we got outshot 42-19 in one game. Like, they beat them. And, uh, you know, Broussard, too, had a huge night, big game. Brass was back. And then on Saturday night, I looked up in the second period, and it was the shots were twenty-three to five, and they were skating all over the Blue Jackets. Like that's that's a big week. Now yeah. the thing is, they have no room for error because of the way this league works, um, you, you, they cannot they cannot afford a slump between now and the end of the season. It cannot happen. They're going to have to have. It's going to go on to be about twenty-five games of like a pure sugar high, Jeff and just not be able to make any mistakes. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that that's easy, but I think this team has sent yeah. a message that they're in it. Now, I'll have to say this. With the, with the sale, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I, I, as someone said to me yesterday that they are curious if someone's going to come in. Like, do you know what a bully offer is in, in real estate? Uh, is that an offer to scare everybody else off? Yes, it's basically you come in big, you, you basically send your intention that we're here to win this, and you try to intimidate everyone. So there's two ways to do it. There's yeah. the slow play way, and there's the bully way. And uh, in the slow play way can generally be a bidding war, and the bully way can be a bidding war too, but it usually uh, signifies that you're serious, and let's see who's real. I don't. Th- from what I understand, this part is non-binding. But someone said to me they think mm-hmm. there might be a bully offer that comes here, and I'm curious to see if that happens. Mm. Uh, fascinating stuff. I, I, I do know one thing about the Ottawa Senators getting back to them on the ice. They are, and we'll see what happens with this stretcher because whenever you go through something like this, the personalities emerge, and there's more attention on. Man, Jacob Chikrin's going to be a star in Ottawa. 
Yeah. You know, like it was, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough market. We all know about Arizona. I get it. Um, Jacob Chikrin, I mean, whether it's that interview on hockey night and the pregame or the Kyle Bukowskis interview. Yeah. Just like so good. Um, such a personable guy, uh, hitting all the right notes. Um, dare I say the Ottawa senators are becoming, because let's not forget too, Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, um, Claude Giroux, dare I say Ottawa is becoming a, and I know Maple Leafs fans and Edmund or, uh, Montreal fans might not want to hear this, a really likable team. Yeah, I think they're like I I think they're very likable. There's there's a lot to like about the players there. Like uh, you know, Kachuk. Although, like although he is sort of been the likable Kachuk, and now their games are getting more uh, meaningful. Where it's starting to see that he's <laughs> just as nasty and, and, and as the rest of them. Uh, I, I yeah. like, but I do like. I think Kachuk is like, and the other thing too is right now they're the underdog, right? Like, we always go through these shifts, yeah. Jeff. People root for the underdog, and then eventually the underdog becomes the favorite, and everybody hates them. Like, they're they're in the underdog phase yeah. right now. Like remember, they're like the Maple Leafs were five years ago. They, they're they the, they're the mm-hmm. underdog, and they were likable, and everybody kind of liked them. And then people, now they're the favorites, and everybody hates the Maple Leafs again. Like, that's just the way it goes. They're, they're in their likable phase. I'll, I'll say this. Like, it, it's going to be really interesting, like, if they get in – like this, whoever they're they're going to be like they're going to be tough to handle for one of those top two seeds. Like that's going to be if, if they get in, that's going to be a tough battle for someone to get. And you know, I think it's going to be like now. It's funny talking about Tampa Bay. I've got people sending me tweets like, you know, Buffalo's going to catch Tampa or Ottawa's going to catch Tampa. I'm like, guys, like, <laughs> whoa, 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 like, like, Calm settle down. down here for a couple minutes, okay? Off the bridge. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you're all excited, and it's good to like, especially in that division yeah. where it's been the same four teams for years. It's really good to have some new blood. But let's uh, let, let, let's let's just enjoy the run while we can here. Yeah. Um, a couple of more things. Oh, I know. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Vegas. I wanted to talk to you about Vegas yeah. quickly. So they beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-3 yesterday. And the story of deadline oh. this year was big names went. Patrick Kane goes. Uh, Timo Meyer goes. Jacob Chikrin goes. You can say the whole trade deadline you know, it wasn't even just a day or a week or a couple of weeks, however you want to frame it. Um, Bo Horvat may have kicked it off. Like, Bo Horvat goes, like, big names went at deadline. And then I'm watching that Vegas-Montreal game last night, and it's Ivan Barbashev with a pair. And sometimes it's uh, a trade that sort of flies under the radar that helps the team most. I know this is an audit after about two minutes, but... Thoughts on Barbashev with Vegas? Oh, by the way, Jonathan Quick picks up his first win. Uh, yeah. and Vegas is back in first here. Thoughts on Barbashev specifically? Because you talked a lot about him. Um, thoughts on Barbashev? Thoughts on the, thoughts on the Vegas Golden Knights now that they've uh, reclaimed first? Well, I really like Barbashev as a player a lot. I've, I've, I've talked about him quite a bit, as you said. I, I, I'm, I'm really a fan. I think he can play up and down your lineup. I think he's a really talented guy. And I think he's a perfect fit for the identity of what the of what the uh, Vegas Golden Knights want to be. Like, just hard, a pain, skilled, uh, can 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 play you a lot of different ways. And I think he's going to be a perfect fit. I think he's going to go down as one of the best 
acquisitions of the deadline by any team. He's not going to be the biggest, but I think he's going to be one of the best. And uh, like, it, mm-hmm. like I was watching a little bit of that game last night, and like he, it seems pretty seamless. Like it's early and a lot can change, but you can kind of see he's got some uh, instant chemistry with uh, some of the other guys uh, on that team. He does. Uh, Okay, Calgary Flames, meanwhile. Uh, That was a tough one to watch on Saturday night. Uh, If you're a Flames fan, um, if you're a fan of the Canadian hockey teams, uh, they lose 3-0 to the Minnesota Wild. Now Minnesota um, getting the 32 thoughts bump uh, on a nine-game point streak. They've won four games in a row. That's what happens when you send us your general managers. That's a note to every other team in the NHL. Uh, A solid second in the Central, but at the end of it, it's a 3 nothing loss for the Calgary Flames. It's been one of those seasons for the Calgary Flames. We talked about it last week. And Daryl Sutter essentially says the top guys didn't show up. What do you do with Calgary right now? Well, first of all, I wanted to... Did you watch? Like, after, like, I don't know what you're like on Saturday nights after you do your segment and you go back to the Merrick Palatial Estate. Like, do you watch the rest of our broadcast or do you just put us on I ignore? Do, yeah, for these I do, I do. Okay, so no, I, no, gotta, I, 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 usually, I usually get on get on the bike and I watch you. So I I sweat to the remainder of uh, of hockey night. You have to sweat out the stench of the second intermission of our segment. So <laughs> so someone said to me, someone someone from the wild texted me and goes, "So you guys think we're really boring?" Eh? It was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I, I like look like Minnesota. They do that to teams. They lock you down. Uh, they make yeah. ice. Is, ice is very hard to get against them, but it, it's good. I, I just think now this is going to be going to be a very interesting summer in Calgary. They punted, you know. They 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 they, yep. they took the and I think they were smart to do it. I I really do. Like Michael Michael Russo had an, had an article today in the Athletic, and I thought it was pretty interesting because I guess he was embedded with the Hurricanes. And he brought up names like yes. Lindholm and Toffoli, which, you know, those were yep. names we were talking about last week, Jeff, that I thought those were potential yep. Carolina targets. And it was nice to read it because it once I actually kind of might have known what I was talking about. So, but I don't think Calgary <laughs> was ever close. Like, like, I don't think there was a chance unless they got their socks absolutely blown off. I don't think there was a chance the Calgary Flames were trading Lindholm. Like, I, I, I don't think that was happening at all. Um, and I don't think it was likely that, you know, Toffoli was going anywhere or Backlund was going anywhere or anyone like that. But what that says to me, like, that is – that phone call, that's not, that's not just a trade deadline phone call. That's a groundwork phone call. Like, if we want to revisit this later – We'll talk about this. And and I just think that now Calgary's got a couple of months here to kind of really think about um, to, to really think about where they want to go. And like the, the whole organization, it's off. Like it's like uh, I think the word I would use to describe it, it's offline this year. They, they, ha- they had to make some big moves in the summer. They thought they would work mm-hmm. out well. They haven't worked out well, and I think everybody's shaken. Like, 
the players, the management, everything there. And I just think that this summer it's going to be a reset. And the reset doesn't necessarily mean that you throw everybody out. I don't necessarily, but I think it's going to be like, okay, this year went really badly. Maybe we can chalk it up to our franchise went through some huge moves and not everybody was settled. And the question now is going to become, how do we settle everyone? How do we make sure? Because maybe you can use the changes as an excuse, the change in environment for a few people, but you get to use that excuse once. And that was this year. That's over now, and you've got to figure out the next thing. Um, tonight, we'll end on this one. Tonight on Rogers Monday Night Hockey, it is uh, the West Side Story, the Sharks and the Jets. Sorry, I, I loved musicals as a kid, and I that's, still do. That one's on musical. Sportsnet 1. Yeah, it's an excellent one. It's awesome. Uh, Oilers and Sabres as well on Sportsnet. So a couple of interesting games tonight. Uh, I want to focus on the Oilers and the Jets specifically. Quick thought on each. I mean, big playoff aspirations. Um, You know, we wondered about Winnipeg maybe doing more at trade deadline. Uh, You talked about Timo Meyer and that offer uh, from the Edmonton Oilers in and around trade deadline as well. Just a quick thought on a couple of the teams we'll watch tonight uh, on Rogers Monday Night Hockey. The Jets and the Oilers. So it's the Sharks and the Jets, the Oilers and the Sabres, both 7.30 Eastern starts. Well, I I would just so you know, the West Side Story, the movie, that's where I became a fan of Rita, mm. Rita, Rita Moreno, who was fantastic in the early yeah. seasons of, of Oz. So, like, I discovered Rita yes. Moreno in, in that movie. So it's a great movie. Um, uh, but, look, like, I, I thought Saturday was huge for the Jets. Like, that, I, I don't like to label – I'm, I'm, I'm of the John Madden rule, which is I don't like to call games a must-win because if you lose, well, what do you do next game? Like, you – it, like I think that's great thinking, but I think that was as close to a must win as the Jets could have at a point this year. They had to win that game. Um, they were reeling, they were struggling. Um, you know, Calgary all of a sudden was kind of in the rearview mirror, and you know you can't have a six or seven goal game and lose. Like you just can't. And and they won that game, and I thought that was huge. Like they've got to have this one tonight. I. I admit I probably should be rooting for the Sharks because for me it could make the in-season cup a bit more respectable. But um, <laughs> but like the, the, you, the, you, ha- you have to win this tonight. Like that's it. You have to win the game tonight, and uh, that's what I look at for Winnipeg. Like this is one you have to have. When by the way, Elliot, when you lose the in-season cup in February. Yeah. There's, there's there's nothing respect. There's 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 no respect you can salvage from the season. This is the worst in season pool in world history. I have to say, there's Ever. never been. Oh, it's great! It's that. fantastic. Yes, yeah, worst. It's, it's it's great. And let's just remind it. Let, remind everybody who's won this thing. Uh, okay. Um, did you did you buy your mirrors in the process? Yes. Or are you still? Uh, or do you still just wander around the mirror shop looking at yourself? No, I, I finished doing that. It was it was a glorious way to spend half an hour, I have to tell you. But we have we have purchased the mirror, and in the time that this conversation began, we actually got home, and yeah. we're going to be in the process of putting it up. Wow! And then having lunch. It's a big day in the Friedman household. We're I know. Get to is, it. Uh, all right, this is, this is what passes Congratul- for post-headline excitement. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations on the new purchase. Um, Thanks, you'll Mike. be well. We'll talk tomorrow. Thanks, Preach.
Take care. Uh, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.